goodness my tv channeling family our tv channeling family welcome back to another episode of you guessed it tv channeling and we're happy to be back i'm tachi and i am kevin and summer is in full effect and so we are doing something we have never done before here at tv channeling we're doing a two not one part two-part special tachi yes i could not be more excited it is the bad girls of summer past and present first up is the bad girls of summer past we're going back in time are you ready tachi I'm ready. I'm excited because it's like the ghost of Christmas past. That's what I was thinking about, but <laughs> better because it's summer. Well, it's especially uh, great for us to celebrate the bad girls of the past because you know what? TV channeling is now 21 episodes old. So we, oh, are, we are legal. We are extremely legal and we can drink. And so that no, it's I can't think of a better time to celebrate the bad girls of summer past. Oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. The, the social media gods were smiling on us when they said, you're turning 21 how about you do the bad girls of summer? I love it. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So let's start. Let's get this party started with our very first review. The, um, the first uh, show we're going to be reviewing is Glow on Netflix. It's a 10-episode series. And let me tell you a little bit about it. Oh, before I uh, tell you a little bit about, about the show, how our reviews generally work. We at least watch two episodes of every show we review. And all the shows we're reviewing today, both of them, uh you know we're we we've all we both watched at least all there's two of us we both watched <laughs> all two of us all two of us <laughs> have watched at least two episodes of both the shows we're reviewing so first up like i said before is glow uh, from netflix in Los Angeles in 1985, desperate to jumpstart her career, struggling actress Ruth Wilder heads to a casting call at an L.A. gym, and she quickly realizes this is not a typical audition. So, Tachi, what did you think of Glow? Well, before I give you my thoughts on what I thought of it, can I just say that I used to watch Glow when I was little? So in case you all don't know, Glow was actually a real thing. The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, it came on in the 1980s, and it was kind of the female answer to the WWF because there were no women wrestlers back then in the WWF. They had like female sidekicks or whatever the case may be, and I was a huge fan of wrestling for some reason, don't ask, but my sister and I, every Saturday, we used to watch uh, the world, yeah, WWF, because now it's called something else, isn't it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, WWE, Worldwide of uh, 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 World uh, Wrestling, world Entertainment, wrestling right? Entertainment. Right, before it was uh, World F. Wrestling Federation, yeah. WWF. So we watched that religiously every summer from Hulk Hogan to the Junkyard, no, the British Bulldogs to the. Uh, I don't know, Junkyard, junkyard whoever the hell. It was a Junkyard dog. It was a Junkyard dog, right? So there was the British Bulldogs, the Junkyard dog. Uh, there was uh, the one that was married to somebody called Elizabeth. I don't know. Anyway, it was fantastic for me. And so the fact that they came up with this, the woman's counterpart with that, it was cool. Now, I, granted, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed WWF, but it was cool. I still watched it. It was TV. I'm an addict. What do you want? So I, this took me back to the days of it. But the thing that I liked was it wasn't, we only watched two episodes. So it wasn't really so much about the, in the first two episodes, the thing itself, it was about the personalities behind it. So there was a real story behind it. And what leads up to you getting involved in something like this? Because we all know this wrestling, this is fake, right? It's not like it's what? real Ta wrestling. It's, it's not real? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I spoil it? Oh, Tachi, no. I've so, oh. so many hours of our lives were wasted. Yes, practicing so that one day we too <laughs> could be part of the WWF. <laughs> Wait, so you mean you can't hit people in the back of the head repeatedly with a folding chair and they can just get back up and start fighting and talking and everything? Sorry, no. It doesn't uh -huh. work. 
Yeah, you should have learned that from Loghorn, Foghorn, Leghorn, and all the rest of the Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was enjoying this. Now, I was at first not necessarily excited when I saw the previews for it on Netflix, when I was watching other Netflix shows, I was not necessarily like, Ooh, I got to watch. I was like, Oh, okay. But then I started to hear more and more about it. And I got more and more intrigued. And then you told me to watch the trailer and I did. And that, that's what kind of solidified my interest in it. Yeah. Once you see the trailer, because I agree with you, just seeing the uh, imagery that pops up at the top of the screen when uh, Netflix is pushing whatever their latest uh, or Netflix original is, of just like seeing that glow and all the women in leotards was just like, yeah, I don't think that's something I need to revisit. But then um, someone encouraged me and asked me about the show. And so I'm like, well, let me at least check out the trailer. And um, I feel the same way about the show as I felt about the trailer because the uh, star of the show, we're actually seeing it through her eyes, um, is the character Ruth. And um, she's played by Allison Brie. And um, I feel like, okay, let me just say right now, if there is ever a Kristen Wiig biopic and they need an actress and Kristen Wiig isn't available. She's like, I am too good to be playing Kristen Wiig. And yes. <laughs> then they can, they immediately need to get Alison Brie on the line because she not only kind of has the kind of, uh, uh, physicality of a Kristen Wiig and the, you know, the, the kind of same kind of, uh, figure and everything, uh, yes. you know, very wiry and, uh, bendy <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, but she has this thing that the moment we are introduced to her on the screen, I feel like we instantly feel like we know her and she's an old friend. We instantly like, her. at least I instantly was just like, you know, like she's, she's one of my crew. I was instantly on team, you know, Ruth, uh, from jump. Now, later on in the series, we find out there might be a reason not to be on team Ruth. Hence why she's on the Bad Girls of Summer Special. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's not here for no reason. Yeah, she's not going to yeah. be. She's not going to be on our bad. Yeah, our Good Girls of Summer Special. She will not be a part of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that show probably would not be as much fun. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we, we we learn more about her. So she's a complex character. She's not. She's not what she initially appears to be. But but you're instantly to me on her team until we find out more about who this person actually is no let me okay so going back to her backstory this girl i think she's from omaha nebraska or something to that effect yeah one of the yeah i think well, she's some, from some omaha kind of nebraska. Po- yeah podunk some of these mid mid what you called it podunk to the people <laughs> of omaha nebraska i did not say that it was podunk so, in 1985 today it's a bustling metropolis but back then it was a sleepy little town Oh, you cleaned that up so well. Gabrielle Union, Kevin is sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I've watched enough episodes of Scandal to know how to clean up a mess. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> Olivia Pope taught you well. <laughs> so back then, as he says, it was a little, you know, interesting. So this is the thing. Everybody in the Midwest, everybody everywhere tried to make their way to LA in the 80s because that was the place where dreams were made that's where the industry was because when you think about it there were very few shows there are most of the shows that are shot I mean even to till today are in New York they're mostly news programs there are some you know there's some original programming and of course there are movies but most of the production uh, takes place in LA. Well, now it's starting to change a little bit because you've got film incentives in other states, but people still think about LA as the epicenter of the entertainment industry. So, of course, here comes Omahaian. That's not even the word, but whatever. Omahaian, Omahoian. She, Omaho for real. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> she, she makes her way out to LA. She's living in this apartment. She can't get the parts that she wants. I mean, think, uh, of course, she's waitressing too. So that's what everybody does because, you know, you're trying to go to uh, do auditions. Now everybody drives Uber. You live in LA. Isn't that the case, Kevin, where a lot of people that are acting like drive for Uber and Lyft? Oh, yeah. Uh, Uber, Lyft, all of the kind of shared economy. Um, you know, if you want to meet an actor, 
actor, yeah, call an Uber or order a pizza, and <laughs> you, you're, you'll be getting a pizza from the stars. Uh, well, future stars, but still stars. Stars, exactly. Well, it, psh, I guess I guess that's how you can cast for your next movie. We need to cast. Can somebody order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. Even though, yeah, there there uh, there are all kinds of places where there is filming because you're right about all kinds of tax incentives. But it still starts here. People get hired and cast here in L.A. and then they they uh, they ship them off to uh, be in some Tyler Perry abomination in Atlanta. Oh damn, Tyler Perry. On behalf of TV channel, I did not say that. I did not say that. Wait, so so we're gonna, are we going to pretend like all the bad mouthing you've done to Tyler Perry uh, off mic has never happened? Are we going to really play it like that? See, Kevin is not your friend. He's the same one that will throw you under the bus. <laughs> Tyler, that is not me. He's making all of this up. I don't know where he it come. In fact, Kevin, perhaps. Perhaps you need a little break. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know what? I must. I must have uh, sustained some kind of traumatic brain injury. Some sort of injury. Because everybody knows that Tyler Perry is this this generation Shakespeare. Let's just all be real about it. You hear I'm quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am not going to be tied to that mess. <laughs> in the in the distance, you hear. <laughs> I don't, I'm not participating. I am not participating, Kevin. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Anyway, back to these gorgeous ladies of wrestling. It it really I I was really into the whole casting process because it's like I. I, I've done a little bit of acting, but I haven't done it where it's full time for me and I'm schlepping myself from audition to audition. And especially in the 1980s, how many roles, especially leading roles, were there for women? There were not a lot. And she addresses that. She purposely says the wrong lines in an audition. She says the male part and she like, she kills it basically. And that's what, that's the scene that we see in the trailer. And I'm like, oh damn, she's good. And then she's like, yeah, you're reading the male part. The casting director's like, you're reading the male part. And the women's part is like, uh, your wife is on line one, please. And- <laughs> that, was, that was so brilliant. That was so, because she reads this basically this really hard hitting, you know, role. Like, you know, like, damn it, I won't take this. And then it's just like, oh, no, you're, the, you're, you're supposed to be reading the secretary's part. Like, your wife's on line two. And that's it. That was, they actually brought people in to read for that. Like, no, like a- anybody couldn't do that. Yes. No, I know. Here and and here's the thing. So she then waits. She does the audition. Um, and mind you, we find out later that she purposely reads the male part. I don't know how she thought she was going to finagle that into a bigger role for herself, but you know, here comes the dreamy actress or dreaming actress who thinks she's going to she has these delusions of grandeur. Okay. Well, I don't know so, if it's delusion of grandeur, but I think that she was thinking that maybe if they saw that, you know, you know, her range, she wanted to, to maybe put something in the back of their mind for the future or maybe make the director uh, that might actually, if they actually saw, because they're she's being videoed, that um, maybe they might rethink something or whatever, or 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 at least give the the casting director the idea that she truly is talented, and to bring her in on more substantive things than you have. A, your wife is online too, because that's the kind of things that she's even being. That's a, those are the things she can even get an audition for. Is the your wife is online too kinds of. Is that even a role? Can you even call that a role? Because, you know, in the credits, it'll be like, you know, um, uh, you know, secretary two or something. When you have when your character doesn't even have a name, because um, I remember speaking my own acting, my vast acting experience. I remember being in a play, The Pajama Game, and, uh, in high school, and I got the illustrious part of helper number two. and so so i when i got the part of helper number two i was just like wait a minute what is my motivation as helper number two uh how is motivation is if you want to be in this play you will read the lines as as what is the backstory for helper number two how did he get involved with helper number one there's so much to learn there's so much to know about this character who's so pivotal in the story Uh, 
You're doing too much. Here's the thing. And see, you're looking at it from one perspective, and you're very right. She probably said once they see my glowing skills that I got in my uh, community improv class, they are going to want me for more roles. Or they could be like, this B does not follow directions. I told her to read part number one, and here she comes reading part number two. Next that could be the other way. So she That's took a gamble. True. But she was trying to play. She, she was well. She was trying to play it as it was an accident. But then the casting director called her out later when she accosted her in the bathroom. She basically waits in the ladies' room, waiting for the casting director when everything's done to come in there. And she basically, oh, I did, and tries to talk to her. And um, the casting director basically in front of her, like, you did not. That was not an accident. You knew that that was not your part. <laughs> exactly. No, but let me tell you the, the, the key thing that's like, oh, damn, where I felt sorry for her. She was like, so Ruth was like, well, you call me here a lot and I never get anything. Is there something I need to do different? And the casting director is like, look, casting directors tell or you know, the directors tell us what we want. You're basically the person we bring in to show them that they don't want that. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, uh, that was such a great line because the, uh, the the casting director says, yeah, we get all the time directors say, send us real girls. We want reality. And then yes. we, basically, we basically cast, we, we call people like you to show them that no, they do not want real girls. <laughs> That's yes. gotta hurt. They take a couple of jabs at Ruth throughout this thing, throughout the episodes we watch. It's like, damn, she is like really chopped liver. Poor girl. Oh, well, there was another thing, and a lot of people that have been in acting have experienced this kind of thing, where this, what, when the, when she first meets the guy who's creating Glow, who's actually a director, who's uh, now gone, and he's, his career is sunk so low that from directing, you know, B-movies and black exploitation films, he is now um, even, he thought he's at the bottom of the barrel, but now he's underneath the bottom of the barrel, and he's uh, creating this gorgeous woman, ladies, uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling thing and um he tells her he's like i'm not sure about you and your face it's like i look at you in one minute yes. like you seem like uh, uh, this is a, this is a hot girl and then it's like no she's not hot and it's like, yes it's like he said you have one of those faces that changes it's like yeah and then it's like eh. yeah like, you know oh no you're hot no no you're not a, no you're not attractive at all it just depends on how i look at you i can't figure it out if you're ugly or good looking i'm like oh that's 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 very uh not an easy thing to hear that's got to sting but you know you also have to realize he's a coked up washed up somebody so he could say any number of things oh yeah very oh that's not yeah very 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 coked up he coked or whatever it is but i'm i'm guessing that's his uh uh narcotic of choice well anyway the uh so what did you think of the whole kind of like going back to the 80s? Did you feel like they kind of got that vibe right? They did. They even, when they remember when her friend, who ends up being an uh, adversary eventually due to her own stupidity. Don't give too much away. I'm not giving anything away. I'm not giving it. I'm just, I'm just saying Ruth was a little bit, was stupid and careless, and something ends up happening. So um, she... When they were cool, they went to an aerobics class. Oh, yeah. That was the quintessential 1980s aerobics class. From the horrible costumes, who, in in what world was it comfortable for women to wear these tights and then thongs? Who came up with that? Yeah, that was... (laughs) Some man... (laughs) <laughs> but I always hated those things. I thought they were hideous. I'm like, why would I? First of all, I don't want to see that. You're in exercise class and you're in front of me. I really don't want to see that. That's number one. But that was the style. Bright colors was the huge style as well. Everybody wore a leotard. So there was no such thing as wearing like, what's the name, pants. What were like yoga pants or something to work out. It was all those ugly leotards. So that was one thing. And then the movements. Did you peep the movements and the electronic music? All right, Tachi. Are you just are you saying that you didn't want to get physical? You didn't did want to not. get physical. You didn't want not to get in into physical. Class. You don't. You didn't want to hear their body talk. You know what? <laughs> you want us to get sued? Because <laughs> we don't have the rights for that song. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John, don't come after us. We're a, we're a small show. 
But we're looking for investors, though. If you want to invest, uh, Olivia Newton John, you know, we, we're big Not fans. Not a problem. We're big fans. We're big Huge fans. Huge fans. <laughs> we'll pick any one of your songs. Not a problem. <laughs> so yeah, that no, was authentic. Yeah, it, we really felt transported. And um, one thing I really like about uh, the first episodes we saw. It's all about the the process of the beginning of something from the ground up. I mean, literally, these women are 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 uh, called into a mysterious audition, just like uh, what were they saying? Unusual girls or daring girls, something like that. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very vague. And I love when they when all these it's literally you know a uh, hundred plus women there, and then. He basically says, all right, this is for, I'm creating a thing. It's going to be a wrestling league for women. So anybody not cool with that, you know, feel free to, and then basically like about 75% (laughs) of them all walk out immediately. And he's like, okay, so you're, you're leaving too. Okay. But I guess he kind of expected that. So. And also, I love when um, uh, when our lead character, Ruth is all like, okay, wait, are you, are you asking for actresses to wrestle or are we wrestlers who are acting like act- and just like, she could not wrap her mind around exactly what was happening and um i love how there's an incident that goes down towards the end of the first episode because he's trying to explain what his vision is and there's some kind of thing that goes down where uh an actual fight breaks out and as the real fight happens we go into his coked up mind and we yes. see his vision <laughs> of what he's trying to create and um and and we see this smile on his face when he come back to reality it's like okay he knows that what he's dreaming of is obtainable as uh someone gets their you know their ass kicked <laughs> he's like okay yeah people will pay to see this and and let's be honest that's the only reason ruth is still there because he was like all right bye remember it came down to between he they were like at the although who are we fooling he the cutting process was just form formality because he needs people to be in that show but when it came down to between two ruth and the other uh, young lady we'll call her um this young lady actually ended up being like a legacy. And in fact, he calls her legacy in terms of wrestling. So it was going to be bye-bye Ruth until oh, this happened. Okay. One thing that I got, I got to thank you for mentioning this. Cause I almost forgot to mention something. I didn't add it to my notes. All right. When Ruth, okay. At one point in the first episode, Ruth is basically shown the door. She's told to go. And so uh, Ruth goes home and she starts watching the WWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, and she's watching it. And all of a sudden, because it's this is this is an '80s theme TV show, what do they give us? And a classic 80s montage where she basically, she watches all the different wrestlers and she emulates them to an 80s track. And we see her doing, trying all the moves and coming up with her own crazy costumes and taking on the, and looking at it as a role. And then when she just shows up uh, uninvited and unannounced uh, uh, the the next day uh, to rehearsals, she basically starts reading uh, 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 as a badass wrestler, but she starts basically playing, doing, playing Maggie from uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, <laughs> a badass wrestler <laughs> exactly. Maggie from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and it was hilarious. It was so funny. It really was. It was. It was great. I'm. I. Yeah. It was great. I'm. I'm pleasantly surprised. All right, Tachi, before I ask you the question you know I love to ask, I got to ask, do you have a favorite quote from uh, the first two episodes of Glow? Uh, Yeah, my favorite quote was quote is the one that we talked about. You have one of those faces that changes. It's like, yeah. (laughs) 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 I I must have laughed for like five minutes. I had to I actually had to stop the show put it on pause so that i could laugh and not miss anything else that's my that's my favorite line what about you all right my favorite quote uh was uh uh one from a character after a, a very negative interaction where she actually during a uh, practice slash rehearsal i'm not sure what you call it is it practice or is it rehearsal because we're pretending but it's a physical thing so i'm not sure if it's practice or what but anyway she ends up inadvertently being uh made she was to lose she 
loses consciousness during this interaction. And uh, after they're like uh, at lunch, um, she says, who does that bitch think she is? This morning, uh, she was just some smucky actress in a Kmart leotard. Now she's going around knocking people unconscious. Who died and made her black nurse ratchet? I yes, I heard that. <laughs> when she said black nurse ratchet, I was yes. like, I had to pause black it immediately. I had to pause it immediately and write that down. <laughs> Yes, no, that was a good line. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, Dodgy. So here's the, this is the question that everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat to find out what you're going to say. Dodgy, are you going to keep watching uh, uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Are you going to stay tuned or are you going to change the channel? Oh, I'm going to keep watching because I need to see what leotards they're wearing next and what transpires with um, the former. I want to say that she was in a black exploitation flick because I'm sure he was directing those before. I want to see all of that. So I'm I'm invested in this show now. Oh, Kevin. yeah. You know what? I am going to, since someone's going to ask me. Uh... <laughs> I was about to. Oh, okay. you heard... <laughs> that was like, Kevin, what about you? Am I going to do what exactly? Oh, here you go. Are you are you going to keep watching or change the channel? Well, Tachi, thank you so much for asking. I oh, am going to stay tuned. Go. I am. I was surprised by how much I like the trailer. I'm, I'm even more surprised by how much I like the show and the surprises. Because like I said before, at the beginning of it, we're totally on Team Ruth. And just she is our best friend. She's your kid sister. She's all that. But then like, oh, okay. You, you've got layers, girl. You got layers. That's and why not just in that damn feathered hair. Yeah, that's why your TV cha- one of TV channeling's bad girls of summer. So <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that, Kevin. You yeah. have given me life this afternoon. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so I'm definitely going to stay tuned for uh, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling or Glow, and um, I believe it's already been renewed for season two. Yeah, from what I understand, that is a, you, you. There was so much talk around this; it 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 had to be renewed, and I'm glad because this this is actually we didn't talk about the the people involved with this. This is um, who is this produced by? I do not know. This is, am I not mistaken by, in saying that this is, I thought that, um, maybe I'm wrong. For some reason, I thought that um, uh, Rashida Jones was involved in this. Am I wrong? I do not remember. I really don't. Mm, okay, well, never mind. I thought for some reason she, she maybe another, maybe one of the other ten million we watched. Yeah, but, but you know what? Just because a big name is involved in the production does not guarantee. Because lots of shows that have had really big names in front and behind the camera have been shown the door after one season. And let's be real: um, since we did our last episode, Netflix has been uh, bringing down the hammer and 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 using the axe and cleaning house. So. So every we used to think that things were guaranteed a second or third season on Netflix and no more. <laughs> so yeah, there is no safe place when it comes to TV. You know, if you're, uh, they have numbers in their mind of what a show should, you know, be generating, and if it's not meeting that quota, and it's even more mysterious when it comes to Netflix because there aren't ratings. So uh, right. when people kind of lost their minds when they announced that they had canceled Sense Eight. Um, I had no idea how popular that show was or wasn't, but it seemed like it was pretty popular because people lost their minds on uh, social media when they canceled it and kind of made um, the, you know, people at Netflix pay attention and, and not give them a third season. But what they are giving them is a wrap up movie, which Correct, just, for the, just, movie. just for the record, networks all of you please listen up and um you know if and if you haven't heard this directly olivia newton john would you please let them know to do this because we know you're a fan um (laughs) 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 of course she is but anyway um you too pat benatar anyway the ladies of the 80s love us but anyway um 
and Tony Basil. Tony Basil, of course. And Mickey, you think we're fine too? Anyway. All, <laughs> 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 all right. When it comes to especially these uh, continuous, continuing story uh, kinds of shows, these sci-fi things that have these long arc storylines, do not just cancel these things and drop these fans off like like a hot rock. You have got to do wrap-up movies for all these kinds of series because if you do not do wrap-up stories or wrap-up movies to wrap things up, it makes people feel like, why should I get involved in a new story when I'm going to have the rug pulled out from under me and never kind of get any resolution? So that's especially something like Netflix that people pay for. There should never be a show that airs more than one season that that doesn't have some kind of wrap up or some kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, conclusion. Um, so I know a lot of people that don't don't even try to watch new shows. What they do is they wait for shows to run their course and to actually have an ending. And once they've had an ending, then they will watch a show like that on Netflix. They will not watch it in season one or season two because they're afraid of uh, getting screwed over like they've been screwed over time and time again with so many other shows that you know that ended pre- prematurely yeah it's not that serious for me so <laughs> <laughs> it's not wait a minute okay are you talking are you seriously telling me you've never watched a show and been into it and then been disappointed when it got canceled because you don't know what happened to the characters or anything Oh, I didn't say I wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't going to uh, march down Park Avenue either uh, and knock on the doors of the the director, producers and directors to say, we need, I'm like, okay, well, it's run its course. This is this (laughs) newfangled 21st century way of thinking that that they owe you (laughs) a resolution, which I can kind of understand. You do want to feel completed. So well, especially you, you, especially when you are actually paying. Uh, well, when you're paying, like it, you don't exactly when you're paying, and there's no rating system, so you have no reason or clue why this stuff was canceled because you don't have any clue about the ratings because they don't release them. Well, the first time I ever heard of like any kind of like resolution movie, I remember hearing about there was a show that was a spinoff of Melrose Place back in the 90s, and it was called Models Inc. And it was Ooh, all, I remember it was, Models Inc. Models Inc. was everything back in the day. It and, was. And it, it was. had and it had like I think it aired for two, maybe three seasons, but probably more like two. Um uh anyway, it was it 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 got uh, the last episode had a crazy crazy cliffhanger and it didn't get brought back to fox and people fans were like livid but and it it had some success here in the united states but clearly not enough for it to be brought back for like the third season but apparently all over the world and in europe especially it was a huge juggernaut hit and so when and it was airing over and over again in a loop in reruns all across the all across europe and so somebody actually used their brand thought you know what this thing is big what we need to do is a two-hour movie to basically respond to what happened after that cliffhanger and so they did and it was a huge sensation all over europe and when and it made it even more profitable when they sold it in dvd it was a true complete series because lots of times if you look at dvd box sets they'll say like the complete so-and-so series of such and such it's like this oh there's no completion this thing got canceled after two seasons with a cliffhanger and no it's 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 not a complete series so all these shows need to do some kind of wrap-up thing there was a really compelling show on stars called boss that starred kelsey Grammer as mm-hmm. this like uh as this mayor of chicago and he was super corrupt and he's also had a debilitating uh disease that was slowly killing him and he was trying to keep it a secret because he was trying to basically atone for his life of just abysmal sins and the show could not have been more compelling and i believe that show was the forerunner by far for house of cards because this was house of cards before there was a house or any a deck of cards that show was everything <laughs> and the show uh got canceled by stars stars has screwed me a couple of times anyway um it got canceled after two seasons and they announced that there was going to be a wrap-up tv movie that i am still waiting for I am still waiting for this. Kelsey Grammer is still waiting for this, Stars. Get on it. And if you don't believe me, ask Olivia Newton-John. I know she also was a huge fan of Boss. 
As well as TV channeling. Of course. Anyway. Those are our two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Boss and TV channeling. So we could go on and on forever, but we have another review that we need to get to. And this is another period drama. I am excited about this one as well. Mr. Kevin, would you like to tell us about it? All right. Up next, because the Bad Girls of Summer continue, we're going we're going way back to some of the original Bad Girls of Summer. We're talking about Harlots. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Not the original Bad Girls. They are the original Bad Girls of Summer. And the show is called Harlots, and it's on Hulu, and it's got eight episodes. And the show um, is a, a, also a period piece. In 18th century London, Margaret Wells is brothel is in a downtrodden area of the capital but she's making her move upward aiming to move her family and her girls and take a new house in the vibrant new area of soho all right tachi what do you think of harlots well first of all i'm convinced after seeing this that the concept of STI, sexually transmitted infections, came from 17th century. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I was looking at them like yuck and a half. Ugh. Not only, remember, we're talking about the sanitation is still not the, the order of the day <laughs> in London, okay? Now we're also talking about you putting your filthy bodies against the... Oh my God! I was once I had to get over that first because you know how I am with that. I was like yuck, and then you said, especially with what what is that one? The one harlot that was with that house and then went to the other house and they basically just discarded her. Something Mary, I think, is her name. Okay, well, basically, Mary let's let's. Okay, I need to give a little bit more setup. There, there was actually. It's about two. There's the the show is about two competing houses. There is a yes. a downtrodden kind of working man's brothel, and then there is basically this really ritzy brothel where all the girls are educated and they can speak French before they bone you, and um, <laughs> and they can and they all and they can play like uh, the violin and um, you know. Which, which is something that's very important when you're going to a brothel. Because if I ever went to a brothel, like, wait a minute, before we start anything up, I, I need to know, do all you girls know how to play the violin? Exactly. <laughs> that's very exactly. crucial. Is there anybody who is schooled in the mandolin? Exactly. This is very, very important. And so, um, uh, so anyway, so there's two competing houses. And, these, and the two uh, madams, the madam of the upscale brothel uh, and the... And the um, and the madam of the wannabe up and coming brothel have a history that goes very, very deep and it's very, very dark. And what's interesting about the show is the tone. It, it It's a black comedy. It's definitely got comedic elements to it, but it is so tragic. And I think that the reason why they try to give you this balance is it's the reality of this world is so stark and so you know, it's deeply disturbing. We're talking about children uh, oftentimes, you know, basically being sold into sex slavery. It is rough, but they try to kind of give you some humor and comedy in it as best they can. So I was wondering how you felt about the tone because the tone can, can, uh, uh, can uh, you know, the pendulum swings in this show. It really does. And what you have to think about is, Many of these quote unquote clients are the fine, upright men of the community. They're judges and they're barristers. And these are a lot of them. There's the working, like you said, the working class brothel caters to them as such and some of the others too. But a lot of these people are the quote pillars of the community. And these are the people that you look to as leaders or they look to as leaders. And they're the main ones up in the brothels. And it just like messes with your mind. Oh, well, one of the things that speaking of that is not just a, another thing that I think that a lot of people don't understand about that time is there uh, it was just kind of in, in upper society. There was kind of an understanding that you would actually kind of you could own you had a contract where you would pick like a courtesan or or a right. girl that would basically be your mistress and you were paying for her and you were paying for her fidelity and um and she could be you know jailed uh uh if she basically didn't adhere to the contract she is no longer free she becomes property it was there's that's another thing about the whole show is that the idea there is a 
basically it's slavery um uh, of the girls also when you go into a brothel you have a tab it's like a sharecropper kind of thing and so you might get and you might get asked to stay in the finer brothel the house but you're going to be charged for those fine shoes and those bustiers mm-hmm. all that goes on your tab you get charged rent for the room uh you get charged for the, the expensive hair ribbons and you get charged for those violin lessons all of that goes on your tab so basically you are not you will not get rich because one of the what the one of the girls is like i'm here to make my fortune and one of the other girls tells her very quickly she's like the only one making a fortune here is the madam you will not be making a for- your fortune <laughs> you will not be, be made rich here. do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars go directly to jail that's basically what that is yeah and you know so it's like all right well the difference between the two houses the two brothels is one is like basically um <laughs> gonorrhea city and the other one is High-class gonorrhea city where you're well, wearing I'm, I'm glad that clothes. you said it that way because it's like, yeah, even though, yeah, all the, tra- all the, f- all the crisp white linens and, uh, and the petticoats do not stop you from getting gonorrhea, um, uh, exactly. from these girls. The girls look, the girls are gorgeous at the very, at uh, the high-end place. They look very pristine, but again, they're doing the exact same thing. And one thing that's interesting is we do see, uh, a, a very early precursor to the condom. But um, apparently, yes. there's recycling going on, which is very disturbing. Disturbing and nasty, and you might as well not use anything at all. Well, you know what? No, but no. The reason why you use it, it may not protect you from disease, but it did protect these working girls from becoming pregnant. Pregnant, and yeah, so, so yeah, so that was the purpose. It wasn't, a, uh, yeah, disease was not was not forefront in anybody's mind. Um, but uh, another thing that's interesting is how big of a deal the brothels were at the time that they were even written about in gossip columns and one of the things that the up and coming brothel owner has to do um because there's a war between the two brothels and there's a vendetta that i want to well, i don't want to give away what because it's like when you find out what's behind it all it's like oh whoa this yeah, stuff man. goes deep there's history here um there's a uh, uh, there's this religious uh, group that's kind of sicked on the uh, more downtrodden brothel, and there's like a bust, and a lot of the girls get arrested, and they have to go to court, and so they have to basically pay this fine of like a hundred pounds, which is huge at the time, absolutely huge. And she basically uh, the uh, uh, the 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 madam of the uh, of the downtrodden house she was about to margaret she was about to move her girls to uh soho and um because of the arrest and paying this huge fine she's about to lose her deposit on this uh upscale more upscale house and um you know uh she's going to actually put her her daughter's virginity. She always planned to do it, but she wanted to wait until she was in the finer house to get to that was even more respectable because there was more, a more respectable brothel and a less right. respectable one. And she was going to wait until she was on <laughs> in, in Soho and she was going to put her daughter's uh, virginity up for bid. And so because of what happened and having to pay that huge fine, she's got to put her up for bid now before, so they can eventually move to the higher end house. And so they go there's a night at the opera and and people are there to basically do uh secret uh not secret or uh you know uh closed not not closed bids on this girl's virginity and that brings to mind one of the best uh lines of the show uh is it's uh it's in the first episode uh when lord reppington's wife uh as they arrive at the auction she tells a friend that her husband is uh besotted with miss wells and uh miss wells my husband loves a hymen and i was like what yes and then and then if that isn't bad enough lord rampington says like like, you know i had her older sister and i intend to have her young sister as well it's just like so he's keeping it in the family and the fact that his wife is just like oh that's just you know one of the quirks of my husband just well that that that's that's the thing 
that that gets to you when you think about it on that level. The fact that this is allowed to go on was not only because of the status of women in society at that time, but women also participated in their own oppression, not only by necessarily being harlots and part of that world, although you could argue some women may not have had any choice because I guess they said something like one in five women at that time when in London was making a living selling sex. So that's quite a high number and maybe that's what they felt they could do. But also the fact that the wives of these prominent individuals fully participate. I mean, I don't think they were 100% okay with it at all, but they at least faked the funk and they were like, oh yeah, see, my husband loves a high... I'm like, who does that? They did. Well, again, we have to look at that. That's one thing about the, the show that's interesting. It does transport us back into the time and it gives us a... a a bird's eye view of what it was really like at that time and we're so far removed and it's it's so funny how uh a lot of women love romance novels uh with the with that term bodice rippers and when the ugliness of what that time really was it's so funny that so many people have romanticized that time even down to the lack of plumbing and chamber pots is to me enough to make it not be romantic but um but the reality of what a woman's lot in life was even in the best of circumstances as far as as far as money goes or from the finest family what she can look forward to is her husband basically you know visiting brothels and potentially giving her diseases and taking their taking uh taking their you know uh 13 year old son to a brothel as just a rite of passage exactly it's a whole culture which is i'm just again in my head i'm like yuck I will not eat food from you people ever. But but I guess when you, when you think about it, it's like people probably live to be like what forty two. So I guess the, the, you, I guess you made it not high. Yes, yeah, so I guess you would take your son to a brothel when he's twelve. It's like you only you only have a few years of you know of uh, closeness time. So but this. they only have a few years by their own doing in some cases. Well, they, <laughs> they didn't get under- diseases. They didn't understand exactly how the whole no. thing worked, Janji. Exactly. No, I know because when you think about it, that was still in the time of early medicine and I don't even think the whole concept of what causes infections was discovered, right? Because it was in the 1700s that they were doing experiments with germs and infections. I don't think they understood that. So you're right. But it, So they didn't know it was by their own doing, but it was by their own doing. I'm like, that's why you don't live so long look at what you're doing yeah i don't know why they just didn't uh, why did why somebody didn't just just google sexually transmitted diseases but they did they not. could have they See? did not google it <laughs> 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 oh, okay there was some there was one thing i wanted to bring up and the this is the interesting concept of how they included race in oh i was i was hoping you would take it there I thought it was very interesting indeed. So, of course, you know, in the 1700s, there was slavery in America. But by this point, slavery had been abolished in England. Yeah. So there was slavery in England at one point, but it was abolished by this point. So you had not necessarily, they they were not living as equals at all, but you had these people of color, because many of them were biracial, that were uh, living amongst the masses and i'm not going to say it was a huge number of them but you saw okay there were at, there were two that worked in the the low class lower class brothel oh, that yes, was yeah, the young yeah, boy and but then also but that's actually her son clearly okay the uh that's uh, right that's her son yeah um uh, uh let's see margaret wells the madam of the uh, low of the low class brothel she has a, a black man who is her lover and kind of the um bouncer of the brothel and she yeah. and he has she, she and, and and her and her boyfriend or or bouncer they have a young son who you know does certain jobs around the everybody works in one way or another everybody her daughters basically um uh w- the one that's a virgin is you know she basically plays the piano and oh my god it's nothing those dresses just breast for days in fact yes. what i love about their dresses is Literally, they could go to any doctor's office and the doctor could basically give them a breast exam and they can keep their dress on. That is how much breast is exposed. No, exactly. You could get, they could get their annual mammogram (laughs) at all, at all. I'm like, really? When you look, it's like the only thing that's not showing is nipple. 
That's it. And I don't, I don't even understand how they I don't even understand anatomically how they're managing just to keep that. They're so you see so much flesh, but you don't see nipple. I don't know how they're managing that. That is incredible that they're managing to keep that. Those I mean, because you feel like if they if they take a deep breath, it just should be nipples everywhere. I don't understand how they manage to keep it in check. I just, I don't get it. And to me, it's almost an oxymoron. But I guess that's the aesthetic of the time that that was whatever whenever i see that it never made sense to me you have all these basically these drapes that are surrounding you in all this heavy cloth and all of this is exposed it's really interesting so you know going back to that whole yeah breasts for days and the um what in the second episode there is someone that is introduced that i guess is formally a lover of um the madam yeah, um, um, yeah, uh, Margaret. Yeah, basically, Mar- there's, some, yes. there's some. Basically, he also was a, someone of royal uh, blood and lineage of the finer exactly. families. And basically, apparently, she was his first. And right. um, he was he came like his father, I guess, of, of this, uh, brought him to the brothel when he was 14 and um, he fell in love with her. But, of course, he could never marry her or anything like that. And um, he headed off. Oh, to- but he could marry a black woman yeah, because he, he married. He, a black but he woman. goes to America and um, he ends up falling in love uh, with a there, a slave. And he brings her back to Europe and marries her. And she is his wife. And it's so funny when she comes, when uh, Margaret gets invited to come to his house she comes there and a black woman answers the door and she's like is your master home and she says no but my husband is exactly and so it's just like oh okay and um and so we kind of see what the what the lay of the land is but the what was really interesting is apparently lord whatever his name is had this isn't his first marriage because he does have i can't i couldn't figure out if his older son that he brings to the low class brothel if that if if his mother is also a black woman but he just looks really white because he makes some kind of snide comment about the about the biracial prostitute there he says that um that could be that's going to be his uh sister in a few years so i don't know what is the deal with who his mother is if he just looks you know like he is only no i think the mother is white and that he went to America. I'm guessing the father went to America, uh, married this enslaved, uh, well, found, fell in love with this enslaved woman, brought her back to Europe, and then had the two kids. So I'm guessing that he does not have the same mother. They, they can't be. They can't be. Look at her. She's almost the same age as the son. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, I wasn't quite clear on that because, you know, that can happen where there's someone who's biracial, but they don't look biracial at all. So I wasn't sure if that was just like the flip of the coin that they looked different. But you're right, it probably is that they didn't make that. I wish they had made that more clear that um, that wasn't his, that was his half, because he didn't even use the term half sister. That's going to be my sister in a few years. Um, But, you know, that that basically what awaits her is a life of prostitution. And um, even the, but, but the, uh, the former formerly enslaved woman um she knows what the score is where basically that that he's going to take that he's going to a brothel and he's taking his son and the woman that they're having over is a former you know is the woman that he was with in a brothel you know in his youth so it's just it's just kind of understood that that's how things work well in her head she's probably like slavery or this <laughs> but i think that but the, the the important thing is that you have the title you are the wife and you also have some kind of you know rights when with come with that and there's a really compelling scene where uh, margaret uh tells her daughter um uh about the fact that it's all that it's about money she's telling her older daughter because her older daughter is basically being seen by uh, this man of means, uh, some duke of such and such, and um, th- that basically he wants her to sign a contract, and she yeah. wants her freedom. She doesn't want to sign the contract, and her her mother explains to her that you know you're an idiot. This is the best you can hope for being a being who and what you are. What's going to happen to you when your looks fade? You need this. Uh, you need this contract. This is security for you. A woman's all all a woman's only security a woman has in this world is money. That and then if you have enough of it, you will be safe. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that this this uh, Duke of whoever the du- Dukas of such and such. This also calls into whole the into question the whole role of um of sexuality as well. Did you notice? anything interesting oh yeah there's there is one uh character one of the uh girls that work in the low-class brothel that seems to have she let's call what's the word i'm looking for she's very androgynous she's extremely androgynous i'm like you first of all you look very interesting Second of all, your behavior is very interesting as well. So she's very androgynous. But she seems, but she's very sought after by a lot of men because she basically is, I I believe she must be like the original dominatrix. Yes. No, you, 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 yeah, you saw some of the stuff she was doing. Yeah, because she has like a riding crop and she is taking control. She is not some waif standing in the corner who's afraid of, you know, no, she takes control immediately. The men that basically are with her are going to be, you know, uh, kneeling at her feet and licking her boots. Exactly, or something else. Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, this is a family show. It's a family... it's a family show. I just said something else. I didn't say what. So... <laughs> so, um, but not only that, if you look at what the Duke that the, um, the older daughter is going, wants to, is going to be contracted to, he also... Um, the sexuality comes into play there as well because it's not just with him if, if you look at the whole uh, concept of of men at that time there is that kind of passing in and out of different sexual identities but it's very clear that he has a very large feminine side oh yeah he definitely does but he does seem to have some kind of like um i, I don't know if you could call it codependent or he has definitely has a fascination uh with uh i believe her name is charlotte the uh older uh yeah charlotte wells the oldest daughter of the of uh margaret the madam uh because he he's controlled by her and he feels like um uh that he's being humiliated by the thought of her being out in society and other men having you know access to her when he is paying her bills and putting her in the finest clothes and everything like that and um he is he's excited by her and her body because there's this whole thing about uh him being with someone else i won't say who he's with someone else and he can't you know rise to the occasion yes with her like he's able to with charlotte so charlotte has that special something that uh you know works for him and uh but he is constantly being humiliated by her um just her she all she feels that her devotion her word should be enough for him there should be no contract and uh this whole not having a contract is making him a laughing stock in you know in polite society that he can't keep his whore you know in control exactly well, he can't keep control of himself let alone somebody else wow well Okay, well, uh, this is the part of I, I got to ask you: Do you have any favorite lines or moments from the show? I do. I think this show is is really, first of all, with both shows, well shot. There, you can't in this day and age talk about a show without good cinematography. I think it was exquisite. I, I really, really liked us, particularly this show. It was so well shot, uh, but the line is. Money is a woman's only pair in this world. Yeah, I thought that that was very powerful. Um, one of the parts I thought it was lighter, but it was just like, wow, we're getting more of an idea what this this world, how this world works. And and uh, I was surprised that, that this whole interaction was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of different things possible in this world. Uh, when Charlotte uh, uh, Wells hires a cab, and what a cab is at that time is literally two, uh, like a, two uh men carrying you on like kind of a rickshaw kind of thing and taking you places and so when she hires a cab uh the the one captor says you probably don't remember me but i remember you because i was in the back before but now i'm at the front she's like oh well congratulations and so he says you know i plan to rent myself out as a fancy man uh uh, because most uh most women uh would 
pay for a throw with a well-shaped man like me. Uh, uh, my price is very uh, my price is very fair. Uh, I'd even give you the first one for free. And so she says, uh, "Nothing is." Uh, no, she goes, "Nothing comes for free." And he goes, "You would." I guarantee it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my. yeah, that's right. That wow, wow. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, and so then later we sh- we sh- we see him like after a- an event like where he's kind of uh uh kind of like again he was the original Chippendale because he's on the tables and he's kind of showing giving yeah, the ladies a show. Dancing it up. Yes. He- yes. That. <laughs> he gave quite a show. Yeah, he was one of the original bad boys of summer, and so. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense if you're going to have the bad girls of summer. There's always a bad boy to be had as well. All right, Tachi. This is this is the time for me to ask the question that people love to hear me ask. All right, Tachi, are you going to stay tuned to Harlots, or are you going to change the channel? Oh, I'm staying tuned, making sure that I, you know. And take all my vitamin C before I (laughs) (laughs) and zinc and echinacea and golden seal. But I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this show. It's it's just really intriguing. And period pieces are hard to do and hard to pull off because you have to make sure everything is consistent. You have to think about the continuity of everything. And I think this show really gets it on the money in terms of continuity. All right, you know what? And um uh well, are you going to ask me anything? I yeah, I was about to ask you something eager beaver. What about you, Kevin? Are you going to stay tuned or change the channel well tachi thank you for asking i actually am going to be staying tuned as well because i was also captivated by harlots and um you really do feel transported i will point out one thing that normally does not work for me in a period thing it has a modern score but not like rock music or people singing it has a a a score that's kind of edgy and sounds like today as far as the music goes but but what makes it work to me is uh, the fact that it is just instrumental and it isn't people singing like, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not hearing Katy Perry singing as they're running around in bodices because <laughs> that would be a bridge. Oh, Donna too- Summer, she works hard for the <laughs> Yes, that would be a bridge too far. But the, I, I, I feel like the, 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 the soundtrack kind of speaks to the energy of the youth and the up and comingness, no pun intended, and uh, these Ooh. women, you know, kind of fighting for their share, for their peace. And one thing that um, I wanted to talk about uh, that was really compelling is the Marg of. Uh, 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 Margaret, the uh, the madam, when she tells this story about her background to her daughter as she's about to sell her auction off her virginity, and her daughter is around 15, 14, 15, she tells her about the fact that her mother sold her for a pair of shoes. She was 10 years mm-hmm. old, and her mother sold ten. her to a family for a pair of shoes. I didn't want this for you. I didn't want that for you. I gave you time. I gave you schooling. Uh, and so I gave you the gift that I didn't have. You get to be 14, uh, and you're going to be sold <laughs> to a fine gentleman. That I didn't have that luxury. And then uh, she she get, she unwraps this package. She gives the daughter the shoes that she was sold for to wear uh, uh, when she is presented to the man that she's going to lose her virginity to. And the daughter, and she goes, how do you like them? And she, and she says, they don't fit. And the mother says, as cold as ice, make them. Exactly. She said, make them. Oh, I, Tachi, I got chills. When she said make them, I got chills. So she was incredible. And also I want to give um, a shout out to the actress who played uh, the uh the madam of the rival house um because she there's a she's asked to do something that seems just beyond reprehensible uh uh where some very very powerful rich men want a virgin a young girl who's a virgin and um and she basically asks well where am i supposed to procure this you know this young this young innocent and what happens to her after and then the the basically cold as ice this judge says you know, it is. Who cares? It's, we don't care what happens to her afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she basically, you know, uh, lures this innocent girl, and it is just one of the most disturbing things. It's so, but it 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 the, that's one thing. What's so intriguing about the show is the line it plays. It is it is so stark and so dark and so disturbing. But there is a lightness and a youthful energy, uh, a buzz about this world, and it feels like a fully actualized and realized world. Like you really feel like you're stepping into another time. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So we're both going to stay tuned to Harlots. And I, and I can't wait. I believe Harlots also has been renewed for a second season. I believe so. And I can't wait to see what they do with this second season. All right, Tachi. Well, so this, we're going to wrap it up, I guess. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. And we thank you all for listening to this special, the part one of The Bad. Wait, say it, Kevin. <laughs> part one of The Bad Girls of Summer. Yes. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for staying tuned and listening to us. We do it all because of you. And we're going to be back with part two of The Bad Girls of Summer present. <laughs> so in that episode, yeah. we're going to be reviewing two great shows. We're going to be reviewing Claw starring Niecy Nash. And we're going to be reviewing Gypsy starring Naomi Watts. So you definitely want to stay tuned and come back next week for that. And speaking about coming back next week, so you will know the moment the next the new show drops, it would be helpful for both you and us if you were to subscribe. And if you're loving what we're doing here on TV channeling, don't just subscribe. Also, leave a review. We love it when you leave a review. And um, if you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? This is the no end reason. of the show. Why did If you didn't like what we were doing, you shouldn't even be hearing me talking right now. So clearly, you liked it and you know it. <laughs> so you start writing a positive review ASAP. Absolutely. And you can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on Podbean. The easiest way is to go to tvchanneling.com. Takes you right to Podbean. And if they want to reach us on social, how can they do that, dear Kevin? All right. We are everywhere on social media. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Snapchat. You can find us on uh, Instagram. And you can find us on Twitter. And we are TV channeling everywhere. We love to and hear with, from you. I'm sorry. Oh, we love I'm to. Sorry. We love no problem. We love to hear from you, and um, we want suggestions. So, if you have any suggestions of shows you'd like to hear us talk about, either in our news or do a review of, we would love to hear from you about that. And if you have anything you like, uh, any questions about the show or uh, Tachi or myself, feel free to hit us up on any social media platform. We would love to talk to you. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to end it for now until the part two of our special. So I will say goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye.